So I want to talk to you briefly and then we we talk about other things. Amen. All right. So guys, we are standing right at the heart of a major transition. And I want to explain that transition to you. So we are standing right at the heart of a major transition. And I want to explain the transition to us. The transition is from testing. From a place of testing to a place of trust and stewardship. God does not trust people he has not tested. Some people remove themselves from the test of God to save their lives. And because of their comfort and peace, they think they have passed. But if you want to see people that God is promoting, go look for them in the fire. They are in the fire, in the flames. Singing hallelujah, hosanna, kabaka. Hey, hallelujah, hosanna, kabaka. <laughs> if you have not yet sung in the midst of a problem, you don't know God yet. You don't know his faithfulness. If you have not been hurt and still saying hallelujah, you have not begun to walk with God yet. <laughs> Am I talking to anybody here? You have uh, put off the fans? Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are my biggest fan. <laughs> it's okay, put them off. Sasa, I don't feel, I don't want to preach. I want to talk to you. And I hope you have an ear when God is speaking. God is moving us. The next, the last seven years, actually, it has been so many tests. Tests. And you know, it's good to talk to people that have been in other tests to learn how to overcome your own test. <laughs> Am I talking to you? So we are moving from a place of testing to a place of being trusted by God. If you see somebody thriving, it is not because they were hardworking where God is concerned. It's because God tested them, tested their faithfulness, and then trusted them. May God trust you with a new season. A season of favor and grace. <laughs> so, if you are writing, write this thing. God has begun to trust me. God has begun to trust me. And in the whole Bible, I don't even know why we complain when we are going through trouble. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, God is able to deliver us. But if he doesn't, we will not bow. And if you were there when they were saying that, you would have thought God has failed them because they went into the fire. Have you ever gone into the fire and you have prayed and fasted? They went into the fire only to discover that God also lives in the fire. He is also there. God is also in the fire. Have you seen God in your fire? Have you witnessed God in your own fire? God also is the fourth man in the fire. <laughs> so we are going from a time of testing to a time of 
trusting. And this is where stewardship begins. Stewardship. Amen. Write this down. The next seven years of favor. The next seven years of favor. Yeah. Will flow through a well documented vision. You know. The vision for Canaan came to Moses in the desert. You don't get visions in good days. Visions are polished in bad days. That's when you understand where you will go when the day comes. The next seven years of favor will flow through well-documented visions that are aligned with the kingdom agenda. The next seven years will flow through well-documented visions that are aligned with the kingdom agenda. So if you have not yet discovered your vision for your next level, it will prolong your desert. Yeah. You know, it's in the desert that God says, behold, I am doing a new thing. And then he asks, do you not perceive it? So your perception of the new thing determines your Living the old thing. If you don't perceive the new thing, you will remain in the old thing. Hallelujah. I'm actually prophesying. Write this down. God works with convicted people. And I want you to study the word convict because for you to be actually um, conviction is a, is, a, is a courtroom experience. Conviction. You will never just be jailed until you are convicted. And there has to be lawyers to interrogate you. Produce evidence. Ask you questions until you get to the end of your thinking. And then the judge will make a decision that convicts you. Anybody that says, I don't know, I'm not sure, can never be convicted. You must be taken through a process of prosecution. <laughs> Amen. And I've come to realize God does not work with people that are not convicted. You have to be convicted. Hannah went from competition to conviction. She came to a place, she said, I don't even want a baby anymore. If you give me a baby, I will give the baby back to you. The vision was clear. Can you ask your neighbor, is your vision clear? Because God is about to move it. God is about to move into people's life in a way he has never done before. Yeah. And don't ask what is God doing. Perceive it. Don't look around and say, but I'm not seeing. No, no, no. Are you perceiving the thing? When a woman is pregnant, there's nothing to show. But all the signs in her will tell her, hey, the way I'm sleeping, the way I'm sleeping, the way I am breathing, I'm not normal. <laughs> and very soon we will see what she has been feeling. Ask your neighbor, what are you feeling? Now, why am I saying this? Because many of you, eh, if you are not careful, you are losing your faith. And if you lose your faith, there is nothing God can do. Yeah. In fact, if you lose your faith, 
The only thing that can happen is backsliding. You'll have to go back to the world. Yeah? When people lost their faith in the desert, they didn't arrive where they were going. If there's anything to guard, eh, you, if you must lose money, lose it. Just guard your faith. If you need to lose something, lose it and keep your faith. Guard your faith. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I've run the race. I have kept. In fact, the day you die, eh, if you don't have money, don't be afraid. Just make sure you have faith. The thing we are keeping is faith. Sometimes in the midst of counseling, I will stop the counseling. I will stop counseling with anybody that is trying to show me how there is no God. If your counseling is like, I prayed, I fasted, year one, year two. Now this is five years. Where is God? I say, please, I want to refer you to Pastor Chalo. <laughs> I don't want anybody that is showing me there is no God in this world. No, 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 no. I don't want. <laughs> Amen. So if you come to see me where I am now, come with some hope. <laughs> come with some hope in your conversation. Don't come to tell me what cannot happen. And why did you come? Why did you come to my office if you don't believe anything? And I'm a preacher. I am a preacher. I represent the God you are saying does not exist. Why are you coming to my office? <laughs> Listen, God, let me ask you. I don't care what you don't have. That is not an issue. Do you have faith in the God that creates seasons? If you don't have that, it is too much. Your case is too much. Your case is beyond us. It's too much. Write this down. If you lack conviction very soon, you will be discouraged to a point of no return. If you don't have faith and conviction, you will soon be discouraged to a place of no return. Yeah. I am one of those people that is, you have, it's very hard to put me down. Because where I started, there was nothing. So if you take me back to nothing, eh, that is where I met God. I'll meet him there. Yeah. I can walk away from anything. Yeah. And start again from nowhere, from nothing. Because I have what is most important. God and my faith. I have it. <laughs> I have it. If you were Job, eh, your story would not have been written in the Bible. Maybe you would have cast God. Amen. And ministry has a way of taking you down to nothing. Even if there are things around, you can feel a nothingness inside. Like emptiness. Like I'm done. Like I'm nothing. I'm, I'm... You know, sometimes after preaching, I used to serve a mother of God. And I would watch him finish the service. Eh? And leave before benediction. And enter the car and drive. And I used to wonder, what is this thing? Yeah, and later on he would be telling us I was I just felt I'm doing nothing. He's like I'm doing nothing. Nobody's hearing what I'm saying. And then I started now doing what I. There are days I feel like that. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, 
Sometimes you can preach and feel like you are a baby. Like you are talking like a child. Unaongea kama mtoto. Ni kama ujaitwa, ni kama hata wewe hata ukiitwa huwezi sikia juu hawezi itika. Let me show you what God has been teaching you in this nothingness. Oh please, am I talking to you or you don't like the message? Let me show you what God has been teaching you. When you come to nothing, the only thing you find there is seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God. All you need is first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. All. That's all you need. If you are if you are falling, if you are breaking, if you are dying, did not teach you this, it was useless. Yeah. If your problems, your suffering has not brought you here, your problem was useless, eh? Yeah, when you come down to nothing, you find God there and you say, hey, seek first the kingdom of God. And it's righteousness. That's all you need to seek. Ask your neighbor, have you come there? Write this down. You must make sure you understand what you have learned about God's kingdom first. First. Understand what you have learned. I think when Moses was in the desert, he interacted, he went from a prince to a shepherd to hanging around sheep. There's nothing that Pharaoh could tell him that could scare him. Pharaoh is telling him, I will kick you out. To where? <laughs> where are you taking me? <laughs> Let my people go. Come on. Am I talking to anybody? Oh, this is not your message. <laughs> you must make sure. Listen, I'm talking to you. Eh? And God, every prophet eh, has process. The life of a prophet, every junction is a process. Like, now, I'm very relevant to you in your, in your emptiness. Uh, I don't need you to feel excited or whatever. Just know God. Can you just know God? Yeah. Welcome, Pastor Adrian. Welcome, welcome. Every, every prophet. Huh? If you see somebody telling you you will come out of that darkness, they have been in darkness. <laughs> I remember when we were doing ministry in Eastlands, I was so depressed. Depressed. I would go to shower. I entered the shower one hour ago. I was in the bathtub. I don't know how your shower looks. I'm in the bathtub holding a soap eh? and a, a towel to shower. Of course, you know. <laughs> and I'm shaking like this. Shaking like this. I'm looking at the ceiling. <laughs> so when you come to me and you're depressed, I, I can see the shaking. <laughs> and all I can tell you is you'll come out of that shaking. You'll come out of that shaking. I said you will come out of that season you're in. You'll come out of it. <laughs> I don't care how, how bad it feels. Eh? Bad it feels. Me, I've ever cried uncontrollably. And I'm driving. And I'm crying. 
kilio ya watoto ile it's like God is listening to the rhythm of the cry and he waits for me to finish and then he says it shall be well my son <laughs> it shall be well <laughs> it shall be well and that it shall be well becomes my only hope it's not that things have changed it's the, the word I've had the thing that has entered. May you receive the word of God that will pull you out of that season. <laughs> you must make sure. <laughs> right? This hour, you must make sure. Pastor Dennis has ever been discouraged until he went to Tanzania. <laughs> we looked for him even in the mortuary. Pastor Dennis. <laughs> Two weeks. Every mortuary we have entered. The next time I'm hearing where he is, he's in Tanzania. <laughs> the other day I was thinking about that story and I realized, Pastor D, if you didn't meet uh, Apostle Maboy, you would have continued to another country. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> So, well, listen, what I'm trying to say is, discouragement is not, is not new. Are you listening to me? Yes. When you get discouraged, ask yourself what those that were discouraged before you did. <laughs> you know, the people that God uses are mad people. People that were depressed, discouraged, they jumped out of the discouragement and they came to tell you that you can survive it. What do you think happened to Moses? From a prince to a guy talking to, to goats and sheep in the desert for 40 years. 40 years. You, your situation is two weeks. 40 years he has been talking to the sheep and the sheep. <laughs> he, all his practice he did with sheep. No, not dunia. Can you shout to Tatoboa? As long as you woke up in the morning, there is hope. If you did not die at night, there is hope. Some nights look like they will never end. Have you ever had a night? A night you are even scrutinizing stars. You can tell where every mosquito is in your room. Listen, I want to show you what you must make sure you know. Number one, make sure you know what God's kingdom fast means. Otherwise, uta prolongi jangwa. Don't prolong it. Make sure you know what it means to have God's kingdom fast. Look at this. Make sure you know what it means to serve God. That you can serve God even in a bad day. You know some of us, we don't serve God in bad days. We are fair weather friends. Fair weather friends. When things are good, you want to testify. You want even to sing. If you cannot sing on the day you are lowest, you are joking. Yeah. If you don't have a song in the night, you don't know God yet. Song in the night. 
Have you ever heard a song in the Bible called a song of deliverance? She will surround you with a song of deliverance. It's because of the problems. There's a song. There are certain songs you don't look for them. You wake up and it's in your spirit. Especially when you have problems. There's a song that starts singing. It is God telling you you are mine even in this situation. You must sing. And if you sing that song, you feel encouraged. You just start singing it. <laughs> it's a foreign in day for my friend. You need some skills to survive. <laughs> so, number one, eh, where is it? You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Seller. Actually, the right translation is not preserve me from trouble. Preserve me in trouble. When you walk with God, eh, you will edit the Bible. Because this one is from trouble, but you, you are in the trouble. You will say, no, no, this was a typo. You will preserve me in the trouble. <laughs> you will preserve me inside the fire. Yeah. There is a faith that says this. God, God, I will preserve Alafu inakuja inafanyika unapata umeingia. Alafu sasa prayer ina change inakuasia itafanyika. Baba sitakufa. Sitaisha. Nitatoboa. I will come out of this pressure. You know, if you have not read the scripture well, it says the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah? Leadeth me. He leadeth me. Um Still waters, green pastures, restores my soul. His rod and his stuff comforts me. Then he says, do I walk? Do. Do. So the shepherd is because do. Don't think he's a shepherd because of green pastures. It is because of do. <laughs> it is the do that makes him a good shepherd. You have confirmed. Kumbe niwacha. Even when we finished green and we entered deserts and valley, you are still there. Though I walk through. <laughs> Serving God. You must make sure. I'm, I'm talking to you. Number one, make sure you know what kingdom fast means. Fast. Number two, make sure what it means to serve God means. Number three, make sure what it means to advance the kingdom of God. Number four, make sure what it means to represent you know, let me explain this. To represent God. You know, if, you, if God does not perfect you. So number one, let me finish for those of you that are asking. Make sure you know what it means to have the kingdom of God first. Number two, how to, how, what it means to serve God. Number three, what it means to advance the kingdom. Number three, what it means to represent God's agenda. Some of us, if God does not balance you, eh, you will misrepresent him. When you see people in trouble, you will tell them they don't have faith or this is not God. Or you will equate the absence, the, the presence of trouble to mean the absence of God. No, 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 no. The presence of trouble is not the absence of God. And so you will be trying to cancel people's situation, all of them. No, we will stop this. Some things you cannot stop. Something I don't care how anointed you are. <laughs> so number one, kingdom first, serving God, 
God's agenda representation. Okay? Number two. Yeah? You must understand that God is a jealous God. Wait. God is a jealous God. God is a jealous God. He says, now you are coming out of the test. You are entering the trust. You think that the trouble is over. The trouble is over physical. But now, the trouble is God's jealousy. He says to you now, when you go to the land that I promised you, don't forget me. And let me tell you, many of us here have the capacity to forget God. Even God has not even started blessing you and you are forgetting now you are in your trouble. In your trouble, you have forgotten to do his work. I'm tired. I need a break. You need a break. You need a break. Eh? <laughs> I remember one day, I had just gotten saved. One year. And then in the second year, I was so angry with God. Because when you are young, you can be angry with God. When you are older, you can never be angry with God. You will never. You are angry with everybody else and then you say, Father, I love you. I blow kisses to you. It is well. I was telling God some things and he said to me, you are going to backslide. I was questioning. I, he said, you are going to backslide for two years. I said, I bound that spirit. You are going to backslide. Listen, I backslid. I went to every club. Every, I did everything those those two years it is the dreams i was getting and the visions i was seeing and the situation that made me ask god to take me back because if you keep challenging god he will leave you to your ways then you will discover the issues you had in him are better than the issues you can have without him even be broke with him. I'm telling you, I kid you not. Oh, you don't know. Or you want to go and see. God, I'm, today, I'm, I'm very prophetic. You may not, I may not call your name, but I'm, I'm very prophetic. I want you to know something because of what I want to prophesy next. Never forget. Can you slap your head on top here? Say, God is a jealous God. You must never, never make God feel sidelined. Never. I saw a prophecy the other day from uh, Ndovu, some the guy. Where is from? From where? He was prophesying to some prophets. And he was saying these prophets are going to die. The prophets, eh, they have become so carnal. Eh? And these are notable prophets. They have become sinful. They drink, they do, but you see, who will, who will talk to a prophet? So this guy, God gave him a prophecy about these prophets. And then I was telling myself, so God, God eh, has prophets who prophesy to prophets. <laughs> it's like military police. Eh? You don't like my message. So number two, write it down. You must never forget. God, as you enter the place, because we are entering seven years. Eh? These seven years, you can rise until you think it is you. 
You know these problems that Uru um, Kenyatta and uh, Ruto are having now? There is a speaker that is Gorotai. Is it you? You know, do you know the prophet called uh, Dion Bias? Dion Bias prophesied about them. And then they cancelled an appointment with him. I remember I was in that meeting with Suna and he was saying, why have these people done this to me? At least, just, just to meet me, we pray together. When they were having problems, he went and prayed with them. And then he said in my hearing, there is going to be problems. Those problems have been happening since. Can I tell you something? God is about to open a door for you that will fulfill some of your wildest, wildest imaginations and desires. A door will open and some of the favors you thought are very far, they will come very close. But always remember, God is a jealous God. Very jealous. Very jealous God. You will remember me. I'm telling you, I pray that God will seal this message in your heart. When you rise to your heights, you will remember that he's a jealous God. Very jealous. <laughs> have you written that down? God is a jealous God. He says, don't have other gods. And then he says, obey my commandments. Deuteronomy 28, verse number one. Put it up for me. Deuteronomy. Do it, uh, KJV. Deuteronomy 28, 1. Shall come to pass. Can you read it with me? By the way, at this moment, you don't look like you'll ever become great. There are billionaires in this room. There are people that are movers and shakers in this room. Yeah, you will become it and you will see it. One day you will wake up and you are it. And when you become it, you will have a problem that God is trying to address and you must correct it now. One, two, read it. It shall come to pass. If thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command you this day, that the Lord thy God shall set thee high above all nations. America, Russia, Japan, Dubai, you shall be all over, everywhere. Above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon thee. And overtake thee. And if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord, thy God. Listen. Teach yourself now. Before you are moneyed. Huh? Before you are loaded. You have a car for shopping, a car for going to the salon, a car for the uh, whatever. Before you have everything you have ever desired, teach yourself, eh, the only voice you cannot play with is the voice of God. You can never play with that voice. One day, I was with Bishop Alan in his office. He had just bought this building in Parklands. Huh? And he told me something was happening, something terrible. And we'll be playing golf with him. He told me, I believe this thing is happening so that God can whip me back to life. A man of God was telling me that. I believe this situation. It, 
is God whipping me back to life. I said, Kumbe, there are, you know, it's like God was teaching me, there are situations that can whip you <laughs> back to life. Yeah. Hey, you see the way I'm talking, I'm not saying you're going to a desert, I'm saying you're coming out of the desert. You are coming out of the test to the trust. But I'm telling you what you must never forget. You must never forget it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me show you a scripture. I've just had another scripture. How shall I hide from Abraham? My friend. The things that I'm starting to do. Seeing that he will teach his household. The things that God is going to reveal to you. He expects you to remain a pastor. A billionaire who is a pastor. A trillionaire who is a pastor. I look at your neighbor. I know you are doubting you will ever leave this situation. <laughs> I know you are doubting him. <laughs> That you'll ever come out of this thing. <laughs> Let me show you a scripture. First John 3.14. Pastor Chalo, this is powerful. First John 3.14. Put it up for me. The scripture I'm going to show you is what is powerful. <laughs> Can you clear your throat? How many of you believe this is the word of God? Okay. Want to read this scripture? We know that we have passed from death unto life. Because we love the brethren, he that loveth not his brother abideth in death. You thought passing from death to life is you don't sin. <laughs> no, 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 no. It is what is happening in your heart right now. You are losing touch with the sheep. Small lambs. Your pressure is making you feel like I cannot be a shepherd anymore. Whoever wants to go to hell can go to hell. <laughs> Look at this scripture. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. You know, some of the things we keep doing, you know the faith God has raised you. God does not expect your faith to break you through alone. He expects you to come with a lot of sheep that are drinking from your well. They are standing because of your faith. They are seeing from your light and your revelation. They keep serving God because you are serving. And God is saying, if you do that, you have passed from death to life. If Job denies you the privilege of being a shepherd. You are still dead. If the opportunity God will open for you makes you not have time to serve, you are a heathen. You are still a heathen. If it is a job that opened up that is making you, now I don't have time to do the things God was training me to do. God is saying you are still dead. The only time you have passed from death to life is when you love the brethren. You love the brethren. You love those that are still faint. When they are still in the ghetto, you go for them. You pick them. You tell them we are going to church together. You know, if now you are tired, what if when you have five cars, 
that you are idle, you are jobless, you are tired. You know, I saw an enemy fighting shepherding. It's like the love of people was getting cold. It's like, I can't keep going there. <laughs> as God is raising you, as God is raising you, who are you? What, who are you? Huh? You are which Delta? You are a visitor. You are a visitor in protocol. Sit down. Are you listening to me? How do you know you have passed from death to life? How do you know? God is taking your interactions with the brethren. Brethren. You, you need to serve God. Eh? Okay? Serve God. Okay? Alright. Amen. Amen. So, Pastor Steve, the sheep you have forgotten in Limuru, God is calling you a dead man. Because you are now in the comfort of HQ. Now you cannot go for them. You cannot put them in a matatu again. No, God should raise another shepherd. I'm growing in rank. Yeah. The sheep you left in Burburu. Those are the ones that God is saying, hey, you no longer love them. Let me show you something. Can I show you something? You know, nowadays you don't even care who didn't come to church. <laughs> you don't care. You are, you are fatigued. Dealing with your own fatigue. John, let me, how many of you love God? Okay. John 21, 15. John 21, 15. Put it up for me. You know, this scripture is very interesting. God had come for Peter. Peter had backslidden. And he was going back fishing. And then now God was going to restore him. Jesus. So, the first thing he did, what Peter was trying to fish, Jesus provided it. He had cooked it at the beach. He had cooked some bread and some fish and he called Peter. Peter swam to Jesus and Jesus was dining with him. Okay? Okay? Yeah. Are you here? Yeah. Okay, one, two, read it. When they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these things I've given you? Do you love me more than the job and the money and the opportunity and the door that opened? Do you love me more than those things? And he said to him, yes, Lord. Lord. But you know, Lord, you know, yes, Lord, you, I love you. You know that I love you. I said to him, he didn't say fast. All right? He said to him, Peter, feed my lambs. Now, lambs are the smallest ships. They are the newborn ships. The ones that don't yet know the dangers of the desert and all those things, the dangers that lack, they are new souls. Feed them. Feed them. Somebody fed you. You also follow them up and give them guidance and direct them and feed them and watch about, watch them. Whatever is happening to them, just feed them. Hey. Andiva. 
Come. Come, 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 come. Who is calling you? Come, please. Who is calling you? Uber. Huh? What's the problem? There's an issue. Praise God. I thought it's the girlfriend. <laughs> By the way, how many of you love God? God is thinking, he's equating your love, eh? Not with the worship you do and the tears and the kneeling. He's saying, hey, feed my lambs. How can you say you love me and you don't feed my lambs? And you know this is what is dying in Newbreed. The spirit of shepherding is dying. And it is dying when God is about to trust you. That thing is about to give you, if it does not lead you to do what he likes, I don't know what it will do with you. Yeah. You remember the way you were excited, the way you will mobilize, the way you will bring people to church. Nowadays, you don't care who came. You are almost yourself not coming. We also need to come and look for the shepherd. Peter, do you love me? God is trying to cure his backsliding. He said, but you know that I love you. He said, listen, it's not what you are thinking. Feed my lambs. Lambs? Yeah, lambs. Did you get it? I think I got it. He goes to the next verse. He said to him a second time, Simon, that time he's chewing his next fish now and bread. Mm. The favor is powerful. Simon, do you love me? How can I not love you and you have even blessed me? You are, haven't you blessed me because I love you? Do you love me? He said, yes. Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend. You know what is tending? Tending is like nurturing. From feeding to grooming. Tend my sheep. Remove the small things now. It's not even feeding. It's tending. Removing the ticks. Make sure they are growing the way you are pursuing me. They are also pursuing me. Tend my sheep. Feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. Go to the next verse. And he said to him a third time, Simon, because this is the worst problems of believers. Something that Jesus needs to address three times. Even the person that was blind, he only touched him two times. But this situation needs to be addressed three times. It needs to be established like a doctrine. It said to him the third time, Simon, son of Judah, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved. It was getting home. The grief was entering his heart. Because he said to him the third time, he thought, Can he, God does not trust me. He doesn't. The third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. You know, sheep now are grown. It's like pastoring a fellowship. It's like pastoring a micro church. They are also grown, but you are a leader over them. <laughs> the way God is about to lift you He's lifting you. He expects you to remain a pastor. 
remain a shepherd. Why are you not in church? Work. Why are you not doing what you are, you are about? You are even trained as a shepherd. Busy. Why are you not married? What the? Dating. <laughs> you know, I saw a spirit, I saw a spirit, a principality sitting here on this row where Pastor Dennis normally sits. And the principality was white. Wearing white clothes. It had six legs and six hands. Huh? And it was smoking. It's like the smoke was making people relax. It's like the passion to serve God was dwindling. It's like it was a deliberate attack. Or what I'm saying is, is a lie. It's a deliberate attack. And the more it was releasing smoke, the more people were becoming kind of backslidden. It's like, what? Is that almost you are getting offended for being told to do what you should do? Um, offense is almost entering you because of being told to win souls. Is she okay? Okay. Yeah? yeah? Okay, okay, okay. It was your sister? Okay. <laughs> Listen to me, guys. Listen to me. Excuse me. Listen to me. God is about to clap his hands and your season will shift. You will suddenly enter the place you have always been crying to God. You saw the text I sent you. The place you have always been crying to God, you will enter there. But right now, at the moment, you feel like strength is gone. Strength is gone. You feel like you should come and see me and ask me if you are really a lay pastor. Or I made a mistake. You feel like somebody should take up your roles. You go for a sabbatical, isn't it? Somebody should replace. <laughs> Uh, you think I don't feel like somebody else should be bishop? <laughs> feelings are feelings. It doesn't change that I come to church. <laughs> now, write this down. We are possessing the gates of business and the marketplace. If I don't talk the way I, I'm talking, when God opens that door and you become busier than you are now, you will even start drinking. You will start saying things like white, white wine for white meat. Red wine for red meat. And one of the signs of backsliding actually is a desire to drink, smoke and do the things you used to do. What comes? Sweet wine. Yeah. We are about to possess the gates of business. Alright? And there are three things I want you to bear in mind. Because now, you will hear me talking about business a lot. It does not mean I'm not talking about ministry. When you hear me say, package your light and arise and shine, it does not mean stop soul winning. That is something you must have learned and cemented. Ha. So, number th three things I want you to see. Three things. Number one, you must know that there is a ministry secret. Can you say ministry secret? Ministry is a secret. Whether 
whether you become a top lawyer, whether you become king, whether you become the seriousest businessman in this Kenya, ministry is a secret. And the secret is seek ye first. See, it's kind of like I'm repeating. Number two, you must understand that the time, as we are taking business, the time for you eh, to understand your personal responsibility for growth financially, the time to own property, the time to have money, the time to do business has come. But it should never challenge the sick year first. Aye. So when you hear me say on Sunday, because on Sunday I'm taking you to discipline, and then I go again to dominion. I'm not done. I was only at discernment on Sunday. How was the message? God, I saw God raising billionaires in New Breed. But the billionaires were such servant leaders. Do you know to date, to date, the billionaires in Bishop Oedipo's church, they go for soul winning. They their machines, they leave the church, they go to the market. Apostle Enenche, he stands somewhere to win souls. Don't become too rich for souls. And there's something about money that you start thinking soul winning is for small boys. It's for these boys that God is raising. Me, I'm an elder. Delta is for children. Yeah. Pastor Sue, are you listening? Yeah. Don't forget it. Shepherd. You don't even want a t-shirt written shepherd. You want one written new breed, spirit of excellence, something. Umekuamzito. <laughs> you know, always remember the devil fell like lightning. Mimi, yeah. I don't think my ministry is this shepherd. Shepherd fellowship thinks so winning. Me, I think I'm protocol, eh? protocol. The season we have entered, Pastor Charlo, can I tell you the season? That's why I started where I started. We have entered the season of all other things shall be added unto you. All other things shall be added unto you. Now, because God knows your passion, he can give you a husband, he can give you a wife, he can give you a business, he can give you dollar accounts, businesses, everywhere you want. But he knows wherever you are, wherever you go, he is fast. Even wonder all these business people, why, how come they have never been touched to even support any fellowship with all this? Your money, you have never thought, ah, Bishop, I want to support some missionaries. What kind of wealth is this? You've never thought, I want to do this. <laughs> wash, wash. <laughs> So, you need to understand, listen to me. The time we have entered, Daphne, now God doesn't mind you driving. He doesn't mind you having jewelry. He wants you now to look so good so that you can attract people. So that you will not tell them seven steps to prosperity. You will tell them one way to heaven is Jesus. Do you know what would happen if uh, somebody like Dipiruto attended a crusade and asked for ten minutes? To share his faith and call for an altar call. I've been drunk. Prostitutes will down their tools. And they will say, We are no more hustling. 
Now listen to me. I don't want you to mistake me to be a carnal prophet. When I now start talking about how your business will grow, how your finances will increase, how now you must even buy land, you must build a house. Because when you find the first, the kingdom of God, all other things, we are now in the season of all other things. Can you shout all other things? Whether it's money, whether it's cars, whether it's comfort, you can have it. Because you will never forget what to do first. God has no problem with you being rich. He has no problem at all. Alright? Write this, number two. We are possessing the gates. Write this. You must make up your mind that you are a shepherd. You don't preach. You don't, you don't testify. And Jesus said they were like sheep without shepherds. You don't. You don't. You don't. You no longer witness. You don't spend time to talk to people about Jesus. And yet God is now opening doors to boardrooms. He's now opening doors to business and power. You don't think it's important for you to use your platform? To tell somebody about Jesus. And even to open your car. You know your car has five seats. And you have never sat on the others. You come to church with a car with five seats. You only sit on one. And when you take it home. You get out and go into the house. You leave it outside. And God is saying will you be shepherds. Because the next drive. As we are starting businesses. Where the business is. Anybody that is attracted to that business. Other than the product you are selling. You have another higher product. That is Jesus. Hi. If everybody here. Began to witness and tell people about Jesus. Do you think that even there would be an empty space. In, on Sunday. In this church. The interest has shifted. To other things. God wants to give you all other things, but he don't want all other things to be your interest. Are you still with me or you left? Number four. Possessing the case of business, right? Number four. We must build the church. Did you hear me? This is not time to hoard. It is time to sow. We must now build the church. We must now build the church together. And we are doing it as deltas. We are doing it as leaders. We are doing it every last Friday, every last Sunday. It is all an opportunity to showcase what kind of kings we are. We are building the church. Can you shout amen? Number five. This is where I was going. We are investing together. And before I talk about investing, the groups that we have uh, come up with, the 15 groups for building the church, we say that each of them must have at least 30 people inside. And we want the 30 people to at least every month target to give God at least 35,000 shillings. The least you can raise it, mobilize it, look for it, 
don't think about yourself now think about the kingdom because God is bringing you into the wealth but he wants to see your heart Daisy are you in this service number five we are investing together we are doing what and this is the purpose of this meeting today you want me, you wanted me to start with this the purpose of this meeting pastor chalo is that god i went to the mountain should i say this or not i went to the mountain and god asked me to sit in a certain place and a voice came to where i was and spoke about three covenants that have entered new breed the first covenant that has entered this house is a covenant of provision the angel was naming them he said now i'm going to provide everything that is necessary for my people to arrive at their destiny and fulfill the destiny that i has for them i have for them i saw an angel of provision god is going to begin to provide do you remember the other day I said that there is going to be an anointing of land? Do you remember when I said that? And I asked people to place 14,000? Somebody came to my office last week and gave me a gift of five acres of land in Malindi. Yeah, and it was coinciding with Pastor Charlo's birthday. And I told him I've given you two acres of that five acres of land. But you see, when we say something will happen, people think it's a joke. Even you think that maybe somebody wants your 14,000. What is 14,000? You can't even pay rent. Yeah, when I was telling people to come, sometimes people start thinking carnally, practically. But you see, my budget for this nails, hair, toes. <laughs> Sit down. Yeah. And we are doing transfer for that land. It's a very interesting thing. I don't understand what it is. But I've always been talking like this and you see the results in my life. But some people will never get it. I don't know why. <laughs> the angel said there are three covenants that have entered the Ubrid. The first covenant was the covenant of provision. The second covenant was a covenant of shepherding. I saw that new breed souls were everywhere. Everywhere. Yesterday I was dreaming, I was sleeping and I dreamt with 8,000 people. And the 8,000 people were hidden in 400 people. They were hidden in 400 people. And God said to me, this is the first installment of the harvest. So the second covenant was a covenant of shepherding. I want you to make up your mind that the breakfast Jesus was feeding was connected with shepherding. The restoration was tied to shepherding. I see that new breeders will become shepherds. CEOs that are shepherds. Lawyers that are shepherds. Doctors that are shepherds. Business people that are shepherds. And you will never be ashamed to be a shepherd. I'm not ashamed to gather sheep for Jesus. Anywhere, any opportunity I get, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Don't stop winning souls. 
Don't stop because you are telling God that things will change you. You are telling God things will change you. So the second covenant was the covenant of shepherding. And the third covenant I saw is a covenant of dominion. That's why I've started talking about occupation and dominion. And I saw that anywhere we planted anything, whether we planted a church or we planted a business, globally it was taking root and dominating in that area. I see you dominating in every area God has called you. I believe that we will start to see the evidence of these covenants. People will begin, whatever you do, whether it's a business, when you start the business, it will just begin to get stronger and stronger and stronger. As you are getting stronger, remember that your shepherding must become stronger and stronger and stronger. And remember that God is giving you dominion. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. Jesus. 